Audacious is an adjective uh, showing a willingness to take surprisingly bold risks. So yes, my friends, it's going to get real in 2024. I'm done fooling around. I'm done part-timing it. I'm done with being done. I'm done. You know, I always say I'm done about so many things. Well, I'm done. It's time for some bold action. And this isn't hyperbole. This isn't something I did to just have a YouTube title and a live to say, I'm going to be audacious, but I'm going to be audacious. It's going to be quite an audacious year. I have been thinking about this for not just a few days, not just a week. I didn't just think about doing this video yesterday. There's always like a, a, a there's always a goal video that I have. What am I going to do for 20 for the next year? Right. And this is no different. You have to be willing to take surprisingly bold risk. I mean, like not even like bold risks that you could just say, oh, yeah, I'll just try this or I'll just try that next year. Maybe this will work. Maybe I'll just throw that. I think I've, I've kind of been doing that for several years. And if you've been following this channel, you might have seen me do all sorts of experiments with cutting prices down to $5 on Pond5 to stimulate sales or talking about sync licensing and my journey there. And, and that, that continues. But I'm talking about doing some things that I haven't done before. I'm talking about uh, taking some giant leaps into the darkness, maybe walking away from some security, some money that is on the table, but might be actually holding me back from doing what I really want to do and what I really where I want to be and really what I want to be remembered for. Folks, this is legacy is a big deal. And so is accomplishment. And so sometimes I think it just takes giving up something. It takes giving you more. It takes giving me more. Actually, I care more. I don't mean to, I, I really, I'm not, uh, I don't mean anything bad about this, about you guys. But this is all about me. Uh, kind of. I mean, it's about providing better for my family, but also doing that through music in a way that I haven't been able to do maybe my entire life. And I, I have had many, many, many six-figure years. This year is probably a six-figure year. And this is not the video that's going to talk about where my money came from in 2023. That is coming just probably uh, in another, probably next Friday, maybe next Friday or the Friday after that, just so that I can have time to get all the funds in and see where it all came from, add everything up. Because when you have as many businesses as I do and income streams as I do, which is why we call the channel Make Music Income, because I make lots of music income. It's going to be a wild, audacious ride. I'm going to talk about music sales I want to see next year. I'm going to talk about music royalties I want to see. I'm going to talk about um, just all the different ways I make music income and how I'm going to sometimes 5 and 10x those things. Um, I've, I've been successful this year in, in really hitting some goals. And I'll talk about those goals as I go. But uh, I had goals last year for this year, and I'm hitting them. I'm going to have to, like, go to the finish line trying to make some of these goals, but I think I will make them. And uh, I've written more songs this year 
and produced and written more songs this year than I have done in any year of my life since I started writing and, and, and making songs. And it's still not as much as I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to more. But I'm going to be doing a lot of things. And I also want to mention that my name is Eric Copeland. If you're just tuning in and saying, what is this guy babbling on about? Uh, my name is Eric Copeland. I am a music producer. Uh, I am a composer, first and foremost. I am an arranger now. I'm an orchestrator. And then I produce all these songs to go into all sorts of things. Libraries. I just released music to streaming today. We'll talk about that. But that's part of the plan. But... I compose music. I make music and then I work hard to make sure that music gets out and then eventually figures out a way to make me money. And that is the goal for me. Uh, you can always email me if you want to at makemusicincome at gmail.com or you can go to our site. There's a bunch of free stuff for you. I always have, even though I have some courses and I have eBooks for sale and things like that, I always have a bunch of free things that you can get free ebooks, free downloads, free courses. And so that's always going to be a part of what I do. And I did want to mention before I get started, listen to this. I have a little holiday present for you, only through Christmas, but I've decided to go back to the drawing board of when I was literally had this course on the drawing board and offer you my new stock market course for just $49 until Christmas. Take that Spitfire, take that Native Instruments, I got your $49 voucher right here. So here's your $49 voucher if you want to take the stock market course. You can take it. All right. So I don't want to sit around here all day. I got things to do. As you will see, I have some audacious things to do for 2024. I am, I'm getting serious. Um, I've always been serious. But I think, you know, there's been a... Let's go back to when I decided to go after my master's degree a few years ago. I thought, well, I will add teaching to what I want to do. I will go out and teach at a college. I'll get a master's degree in music and I'll teach. And that has happened. I have taught for the past two years at a school here in the Orlando area, tech, music technical school. It's been cool. It's been fine. But the problem is that it's taking a lot of time. And so we'll see what happens with that. But part of my goals is going to require me to have a lot of time to do them. And let's start with the biggest goal of all, the biggest number that I'm just going to throw out here. And it's going to sound audacious. It's going to sound a little silly. It's going to sound kind of uh, just random and just huge, but I'm going to say it anyway. For 2024, I want to make 500 songs. And I'm not just talking about writing 500 songs. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about producing 500 songs. So these could be songs I compose, songs I arrange, songs I uh, produce, uh, but they have to be songs that I produce for my my world of, of music, songs that are going to bring income into my life, not just for now, and this is important, not just music, passive income now, but passive income for the future. Folks, for the people who have full-time money coming in from their PROs that basically pay their 
bills that that give them hundreds of thousands, not a hundred thousand, but hundreds of thousands of dollars per year. These people have 2,000 to 3,000 songs out there in libraries working for them and in, in different ways. And that's one of the income streams I want in, in the next five to seven years. I want to make sure that I also have thousands of songs out there. And I'm only going to have that if I am just completely focused and have tons of songs out there. And I think that's really important. 500 songs, you're saying. Now, do you mean you're going to just, how are you? How in the world are you going to make 500 songs? And I, I see you saying that right now and looking at me very squarely and going, I don't, I don't believe this. And, and really, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, think about this. You know, my friend Dave Croft has 52 cues, which is a, 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 his focus for most of the people in his great community, 52 cues. You should go to 52cues.com and go there right now. But when they focus on production music for television and the goal is to write one cue per week and you have 52 weeks in a year, that's 52 cues, one quality cue per week. Now you might be saying 500 songs that possibly, that can't possibly be quality stuff. And I will tell you, yeah, it can, it can be quality. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but what I'm thinking is instead of one song a week, I want to write 10 songs a week. And that means two songs per weekday or per whatever weekdays are for me. Because when you work for yourself, and uh, my wife has a weird work schedule, so when I am working um, <laughs> and she is working, when she's not working, then we are on a weekend day. Uh, one of the great, cool, interesting frustrating, uh, crazy things about working for yourself is you don't know what day is a, is a weekend and what day is not. Because if you don't have normal nine to five weekdays, then every day is Saturday and Sunday. Every day is the same, especially when you live here in Florida and the sun is shining and it's just a sunny day. It's like Groundhog Day every day, which is fine for me. I'm absolutely fine for that and, and here for that. But, um, yeah, 500 songs. Is it possible? And the way I think about this is if I just start a couple songs every day and then I bring everything along on what I call the assembly line method. And that is I, I, I make a song, I start it, I maybe get through the A section and maybe the B section or just the A section or I just get through the whole thing and it's just a skeleton. That's a start. Put that up on the assembly line bring that hook over here, put that on the hook, send it on down, bring the next thing over, or jump into something else and, and some other idea I've already had or some new idea I, I have, or I start investigating one of the one billion sounds that I have. Sp thank you, Spitfire. Thank you, Native Instruments. Thank you, uh, Musio now has added thousands, thousands of more sounds to my to my life. And so I can go in there and start working with those song those sounds to create more songs and those keep going into the kitty and up into the assembly line. So two songs a day, just starting two songs a day. I could do that every morning, start two songs a day. And it doesn't have to mean that I work five hours on each song. It doesn't have to mean that I work uh, all day on a song. Anyway, oh, JMO has a hot take. 
hot take. Do I have like a hot take sound? Uh, a hot take. Ooh, a hot take. Well, let's see what JMO says. I have a hot take that honestly, I don't think teaching should be included as a music income. Teaching is its own profession. Oh, well, that's a whole nother video, isn't it? I see what you mean. But to me, I spent money going to school to, uh, to teach music specifically. I didn't go to teach, just teach people. But uh, I'm teaching you now. Uh, and I make music income from this channel. I teach people when I go do concerts, when I go out and when I work at as a music job at a church or a music job anywhere. I'm teaching and growing other people. And so uh, I, I certainly think that's it. If you're talking about music income from the music you make, that's the only way that you would count music income. I, 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 okay, then then I guess that's a thing. I don't, I don't think so, but uh, that is part of the 500 songs thing for sure. And that's why I'm, I'm wanting to create 500 songs in 2024 because I need more songs to generate more income. And to be honest with you, I would prefer that all my income coming in is coming in from music sales, music streaming, music royalties, music just the music generating income. Of course, I would rather that be the thing. Now, it, does that mean I'm going to stop doing this YouTube channel if I if I get to hundred thousand or two hundred thousand of income from songs and or whatever? <sighs> Probably. I don't know. We'll. See. I don't think so. I mean, I, I I like reporting and I think it's helpful. Um, Blue Sky says just read about a Japanese artist who has released an album a day since 21, eight tracks a day. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Eight tracks a day. Well, it, and it can be done. I know people who have done videos where they, I wrote a song every day. And uh, so, yeah, anyway. And Blue Sky says, I'm trying to get there too. I, yeah, I, I just, I need to get to a place where there are a lot of songs. I tend to think it's quantity and quality. Uh, I don't do anything without quality. I don't just crank out a bunch of crap. I'm making a lot of stuff trying to get a lot of, I just think you have to have a quantity, especially in libraries. And so since libraries are one of the ways, I like to make music for libraries and I like to put them into places where people can find them rather than constantly sell. Even though I do have some goals towards getting to music buyers. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I want to put, 20, I think I put about five to 10 albums to different libraries um, this year. I'd like to get that to about 25 albums. So there's 250 songs right there. Now, these don't necessarily have to be new songs I write, but they do have to be new productions or productions that I have a bunch that are in, I probably have 50 to 100 songs right now that are in mid-production from in the past few years that we started to do a certain kind of project and then... Uh, it just it, it kind of paused for whatever reason, and so and some of them are coming along slowly. Like I've got a jazz album, jazz club album that is got two or three songs in it, and I would love to just pay attention to that all the time. And so that is my goal: is to pay attention to those twenty-five albums. And uh, I, I've got them. I've got way more albums than that lined up. So twenty-five albums to sync. Now, what does that mean? That means getting those out to 
exclusive libraries that, or libraries, I should say, not exclusive, libraries that focus on television and film and commercials, advertising. So I just want to continue cranking out lots of good music. I put out an album just two months ago in, in September, in October, sent it to my, one of my libraries, my BMG library, one of, one of my libraries, that's with BMG. And it got up so quick, mainly because it's Christmas. And that Christmas dramedy album is already getting placements in all across Europe, in the UK and in Germany and lots of other places around there, dozens of placements actually. And so that is pretty cool. That's what I want to see. And that is because I got that album done and got it out. It's about getting albums to these libraries and having them get out there. Now, we're not talking yet about direct to sync agents or music buyers. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, that's coming up. But this is just getting 25 albums out to different libraries. And I think I just, because that's 250 more songs into there. And I'm only about 200 songs into this to this sync licensing world right now. That's not a lot. And I think it's got to be thousands. That's why it's got to be about 500 songs a year that I'm creating for, for, for licensing. So that in four years, I've got close to 2,000 songs up there and then it's continuing. And I, I think that's the only way. It, to me, that seems like my best bet to try to get to a place where, um, where, where that can happen. Uh, Tigrel says, thank, congratulate you on your successes. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it depends on, I'm, I'm really happy with this year. I think this is year has been very successful. It's, I've seen um, growth on all things. As you'll see on my end of year video, almost everything has grown. There's a few things that have not grown, but, and maybe they're not going to, but there are some things that have grown this year. Lots of, almost everything has grown um, to some extent or stayed, stayed pretty constant with no, with no input from me. And that's what I'm trying to do <coughs> in 2024 is put a lot more into this. And so that's the goal is to put way more in so that I get more out and make more music income. Because, uh, yeah, it, it might be that teaching is you might not think of that as making money from your music. And probably when you look at this channel, you think, make music income. Oh, I, it, he means make music from streaming or make music from licensing or make music from sheet music or make music from playing gigs or make music from all those things. I guess, yeah. I mean, I think of all of those as music incomes. I could be teaching music or I could be teaching math. Although when I'm teaching music theory, I'm basically teaching math. <laughs> but uh, I could be teaching math or I could be teaching music. And I think there is a difference there, JMO, just to, just to kind of revisit that topic, that teaching music is not necessarily a music income. It feels like one to me because I am talking like I talk to clients, like I talk to people when I have um, meetings in Nashville with different artists. And by the way, I think that is one of the things, I didn't put that down, but I am going to type that in for later. Because I think one of the things that I want to do is I want to do some, it may be part of streams, it may be part of just just some in-person meetings and or um, consultations or 
we could be tracking, we could be going to see publishers, but going to Nashville where it's, I'm very familiar with that, that area and, and the, the people and tracking there and, and doing a lot of work there and people, a few different people in the business there and licensing and in, in publishing. And so I'm considering in 2024, uh, trying to get us going there. So we'll talk about that. That's one of the things I'd like to do is, is start putting together these days where I bring in five people and we have, we have days with, uh, with, with publishers and, or we also have tracking days where you can come and track with the great musicians there in Nashville. Um, so this whole thing might be part of streams, which if you don't know about streams, it's our online community that we have. And this community is something that is a lot of fun for me. And so far it's been fun, I think for the people that are in it, you know, in streams, we do a lot of fun things. We have polls and we talk about, um, different things. We have different streams that you can get involved with. It's free though to just join. And there's tons of stuff that's free from, uh, all of the places where you can come and get free stuff. Uh, all our free stuff is here. If we go down here, here, here's all the free stuff. Go down on here. You can see all the other kinds of tiers we have, but we have all the free information that we talk about in sheet music and sync licensing and micro licensing. Go to streams. It's free. And, uh, you know, come on in. The water's fine. It's a good place to be. And it's uh, not some dark, dingy discord that you have to sit in, even though I do love my Discord, I have to say. So, yeah, come to streams and be part of that. It's free. Just go to musicincomestreams.com and join us there. All right, uh, on to my audacious goal. So I, I so far I have said that I'm going to do 500 songs in 2024. And when I say do them, I mean either compose, arrange, or orchestrate, and or produce 500 songs, which is... Actually, that's not, uh, since I did about 100 this year, that it's, it's not that crazy that I could do 500. And in some years in Nashville, when I was working on albums at a time, uh, I, I'm sure I, I didn't write the songs, but I was, I was the person that had to produce them all. I'm sure there was over 100 a year that I was doing there. But this is going to take a little bit more. This is going to take a little bit of of planning on a daily basis to make sure that I'm hitting this goals. Uh, Rob Green is in the house. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for joining. Uh, Blue Sky says, uh, for me, it's been refining my workflows and having my DAWs and sounds dialed in so I'm not floundering around trying to get sounds or dealing with EQ, minutia, or technical crap. Yeah, the technical crap is not what you should be doing to do this. And the minutia and the EQ. That's all for later. That's all for down the assembly line. You know, the assembly line is putting new ideas up. I am all the time. Yesterday, I went and went to one of my favorite places over at Disney. I just kind of walked around and I just talked ideas and wrote down ideas and, and came up with the ideas. Shoot, you can think of that as writing two songs a day as I'm, or, or two productions a day that I am I'm planning. There's, I'm starting them. Sometimes I'll sit down and write down whole lists of songs that I want to do, and uh, at the right time, I get to them. And so, um, yeah, I think refining your workflow is good, and, and I'm not much for templates and having everything set there. I'm more for just sitting down and bringing up some violas 
and doing a, a, an articulation and coming up with a cool little a little thing that then I can add something else to and and you know one thing that's really changed for me this year and um, that has talk about workflow is I haven't had an 88 note keyboard since early this year. And so that means my piano output has gone way down. I'm not playing as much piano and I'm doing much more orchestrating because all I have is a 61 note keyboard. And for you piano players out there, you know what I'm talking about. You can't really do piano on a 61 note keyboard or a 49 note keyboard or something like that. And, and you can't do it on synthesizer keys. It just doesn't feel right. So I have not been doing as much piano, but that has made me stretch out into other areas. I've had to stretch out into, um, into, into writing things I never would normally write just because I didn't have a piano to start with, which is good actually. And so I've invested a lot more into orchestral sounds and I'm starting with cellos or I'm starting with spiccato violin violas or I'm starting with horns or woodwinds or something else. Um, and I'm not just starting with piano in a loop like I have for years. And so that has been helping me uh, kind of get to the next level on getting more and different kinds of songs done. But 500 songs in 2024 is the first audacious goal. The second one is getting 25 albums out to sync. We will see about that. The next one is, is pretty normal. Every year I try to find a couple more exclusive libraries. And, and you know what? This doesn't have to be exclusive. This could be exclusive or non-exclusive. It doesn't have to be exclusive libraries. But I need more libraries to put more songs into. If I'm going to put 25 albums, well, it may not be that my main library wants 10 albums from me. They only may want five. So I've got to have other libraries to put stuff in. And these could be... I would love to find more non-exclusive libraries. I'm just not sure there are many. I mean, right now I work for Crucial, but it's hard to have much in there because they're so it takes so long to get stuff in, and they takes it's so hard to get approved there. Um, it's very picky. So, uh, you know, I, I am in a non-exclusive library that's actively pitching my songs. I can see the pitches, and they are recent. I just had stuff pitched in the past. A uh, week or two to to things that are on TV now. You're seeing real time pitching there. That's the awesome thing about that place. So uh, exclusive or non-exclusive library. And, and speaking of non-exclusive, I do want to say that my goal with this is to is to have sixty percent of this these five hundred songs be non-exclusive. So I already said I want five. 25 albums going out to sync. Well, if I want 25 albums going out to sync and I want 60% non-exclusive, that, that works about right because if I, that's 250 songs or ish, let's say they're 10 song albums. They're not always 10 song albums, but let's say there's 10 song albums going out. That's 250 songs. So that still is only 750 songs left. About 75% could be non-exclusive. And I have found that non-exclusive is the is really one of the keys for me for for making income not just from um, from a standpoint of stock libraries if you will but from really trying to get music um, out to lots of different places and that's where I'm going to go next with this conversation and where it really starts to get audacious because 
I find, and anyone who is doing this will tell you, except for the people who just really stack hundreds and hundreds and then thousands of songs into libraries and exclusive libraries for television and and stuff. I, I, I have some, I've had some talks with some people, and you're about to see those talks come the new year of, in the first few weeks of 2024. You're also going to see this channel change a little bit and start to move into some different ways to make music income with licensing, specifically sync licensing. But the first thing that I'm going to do uh, with this 60% non-exclusive catalog is I'm going to start working and approaching directly to sync agents, directly to people who can help me take a song and do something with it. And, and these are people working directly with music buyers. They're working directly with people in the business. The people I've seen make money in this business, going back to my uncle who was a producer for years, and then when I got into music producing and was producing for advertising clients, you're, these are direct deals. These aren't libraries. They're not going to a library. They want something original made. They're coming to you and they're paying you literally thousands of dollars to write something for them. This isn't something that they are just kind of saying, uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll pay $25 and get some out of a library. They're saying, no, we want to pay you $2,500 and we need a 30 second commercial, or we are doing, we need you to score a movie and we're going to pay you $5,000 or $10,000 or something like this. These are direct deals that you get from, from a, from a source, from a company, from a, uh, whether it's a TV show whether it's a movie, whether it's an advertising agency, you are getting direct stuff. And the people who help you do this are people called sync agents. Now, this is not something that we've talked about a whole lot on this show, but it's going to be something that we start talking about a lot more on this channel and on our podcast is my journey in 2024 with sync agents and getting non-exclusive songs. And, and they can't be exclusive songs. They can't be songs that are already in libraries. They think agents have no ish, no interest in working with songs that someone else owns, which is good for you, the composer, the master rights owner. You want to own every side of it, not just the writer side, but also the publisher side and the master rights side and all of that. And the beauty about working with a seek agent from Everything that I've done by talking with Sync, uh, Sync Agent recently, and he's going to be on this show, and it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow it open. It's going to blow this whole everything has to be in libraries away once he tells you how music supervisors really want to see things. And that's going to be the third video in this series as a music supervisor. We've got somebody who's, we've got two Sync Agents basically that I'm talking to to start the year, and then a music supervisor. And and, and, and a lot of music supervisors are also kind of sync agents these days. Everybody is kind of like doing everything. They are, they are, they're, they're composing and writing some. They are finding songs and, and matching them up with opportunities out there and being sync agents or being somewhat like libraries themselves. Even my music library, even my biggest music library owner right now is trying to move more into the sync agent role right now because it's a very popular place to be and there's a little bit more room for rights for incomes and all that kind of stuff so that's one of the things i want to do is work direct with seek agents and this is going to mean probably not working directly with just like dramedy tracks or uh, production music as we are used to it which means um, music that 
sounds great behind a scene. They're, they're looking for songs. And so this will be more songs with vocalists. And uh, since that is probably the majority of my production career over the past 25 years, um, that is something I'm used to doing and I have tons. Going back into the 70s and 80s and 90s, uh, I have songs and I'm, gonna, and I'm wanting to produce all of those. Retro stuff, brand new stuff, uh, hip hop and R&B stuff. That's right, you heard it. I wanna produce it all and that is going to take working directly with sync agents. I think that's the way it's gonna fall. Uh, let's see. GR is in the house. GR Johnson, thank you so much. While continuing to journey towards my towards sync, my main goal for 2024 and beyond is learning to play keys. I just have to. The improvement I need won't happen in writing and composing. Won't happen without it. Yeah, I get that for sure. Um, yeah, I take it you're a guitar player, GR. Um, but I, for me, I'm the I'm the opposite. I need to. I need to be way less keyboard based and be a little bit more guitar based. I need to be able to use more guitar stuff. I, as a matter of fact, I was looking yesterday at the Native Instruments guitar stuff because I need to be uh, learning more of, and, and using more guitars. But yeah, good luck on that for, for 2024. Blue Sky says, I'm working on albums of songs with vocals that are geared towards sync. I think this is smart. People, if you are looking to make music income with sync, one of the first songs I ever got signed were a bunch of pop songs. And I made those specifically for television shows to use behind scenes and they got used. And those were the first things that really started bringing me income from PROs and now that are bringing me uh, sync fees. And speaking of sync fees, I need, to, I need to tell you that that is something that has come up this year is, well, it, I should say it hasn't come up. I got none until this year. And of course, I've only been with most of these libraries uh, either this year or this in the, over the past two years. So last year and this year were my, my big years getting placements. So I, I've started to see hundreds of dollars coming in from sync payments. So you want those to be thousands eventually of dollars, but they're coming in. Sync agents are different in the fact that the sync payments, the upfront payments once the deal is done with an advertising agency, well, that check comes to the sync agent and they get a small percentage. And when I say small, I mean 25, 30% of that percentage and you get the rest. So if it's a thousand dollars, let's say it's $10,000 and the sync agent takes 2,500 to $3,000, you still get $7,000 as an upfront fee all by yourself. It doesn't go to a library first. It comes straight directly to you. And on the back end, if there is back end, you get PRO uh, writer side and publisher side. So you get all the music income from the thing. And that I think that's the beauty about working directly. And we're going to be, like I said, the first month of this channel, there are going to be some really interesting videos coming out about working directly with music buyers. And that's really the next thing for me uh, on this list is uh, working directly with music buyers. And I have been growing my music buyers list. Now you might be saying, what the heck is a music buyer? Well, a music buyer is someone who needs music for something. They, they are a sync agent. They are a music supervisor. They are 
a advertising agency and they need your they need songs for what they're doing. This is no different than if you write songs for television and you say, okay, I got to write a tension cue or I got to write a dramedy cue to go behind this reality show or I'm I'm trying to write this up-tempo rock type of thing for a chase scene in a TV show. All those are fine. But what I'm talking about is writing songs that might be useful for people other than music supervisors. Now, personally, I have found that if you write the right songs, they can be useful across the board. They can be useful in advertising. They can be useful in uh, TV shows. They can be useful in movies. They can be useful in, in games. They can be useful in a lot of things. And so that is what I am I'm kind of focusing on this year is, is making songs that could be used in a variety of situations and directly finding the music buyers that I want to approach. And every time I come up with a new song or a new album, um, and that should be weekly with, with 10 songs a week, but every time I come up with new songs, then I want those songs out to this buyers list. And it's going to be an email list. And this list is going to be a list where I have just got buyers that are sitting around that they're not waiting for my songs, but they look at a subject line and they see new song, female vocal, punk, 1970s. And all they know is, and, and they could easily just delete or they could go, oh my God, I need that right now, actually. That's what I'm looking for. That's the kind of list that I want to put together. And so as I build it and I talk to music buyers, I'm going to say, listen, I'm not, I'm not wanting you to listen to every song. I'm not even wanting you to open my email. I'm wanting you to look at the subject line and see if it's something you might need. And if it is, then, and, and, and then as they get to know me and they know the quality and they know the songs, then they open those emails and they listen to that disco link, that quick link, and they hear a little bit of it and go, oh yeah, this will work. Or I need to save this for an upcoming thing that I've got. To me, and from what I've been hearing from really uh, people who are involved in this every day, people who are making 100% of their music income from music sinks, if you want to call it that. Um, they, this is the way they are doing it. Uh, other than the people who have thousands of songs in music libraries, they are also doing it this way. Blue Sky tells GR that Scalar 2 is a crucial tool. He wants to learn keyboards, and Scalar is like a shortcut for harmonic literacy for songwriters. Okay, so let me just say this about that. I'm not a big fan of of scalar. Although that's just because I already know chords I want to play and, and I, I don't need help finding chords. I want to find the chords on my own. But for those of you who are not keyboard literate and you don't know where to put your hands, then this might be a good place. But let me suggest that you start with some simple people who are teaching um, guy Mitchell Moore has a great music called How to Play Piano in Five Minutes or something like that or 10 Minutes. Go watch that first. That's a great video to watch. He does a great job with that. Scalar is good. It shows you a lot of finger of finger positions and how to play different chords. It's a little confusing, I think, for someone new, though, but it might be good. It, but here's what it's going to take, GR. If you want to learn guitar, uh, piano or guitar, it's just playing piano a lot, a lot. Like a lot, a lot, as a friend of mine would say. All right, so we've talked about 500 songs in 2024. That's right. I, I want to make 
500 songs in 2024. I want to get 25 albums out to sync and out to sync libraries. I want to find two or three more exclusive libraries and get them in the fold so I can be putting more albums out to them because I still want to be putting a lot of albums out to exclusive libraries as well as have it. But I want 60% of my output to be non-exclusive. And you might be saying, but isn't exclusive sync licensing where all the money is? Isn't that what you've been teaching us on this channel for years is that exclusive libraries are where you need to be. And the truth is, maybe. Uh, I have people who are steadfast and say that if you are in libraries, you are wasting your time. You're just throwing songs in perpetuity to a library that's just going to sit on them. And someone has to find that library and find the songs. So is that right? I don't, I don't know. And, and then there are people who will say, if, if you are not doing libraries, all you got to do is put stuff in libraries. People will find it. And then I have sync agents telling me, guess what? A music supervisor is going to find it however they're going to find it. So it doesn't matter. So if you can reach them directly, do it. If you have to put your stuff in libraries, do it. So, but the thing I want to do with non-exclusive catalog, that allows me to have complete control and do a lot more pitching directly. I still think that there is a there is more income in for me in non-exclusive income for places like Motion Array and Artlist and Pond5 and all those places. Those are still money makers for me. And I think if I ramp it up, I can increase that at least by twice to three times. And if I can figure a way to get into Artlist, then, uh, and I have a whole video com coming out on Artlist. Uh, Stevie B were, and I were having a, a little discussion about that and a little minor disagreement about it. I feel like Artlist is like the new record deal for, for 25 year olds. If you're blonde haired and 25 uh, or you look like you are and you got a cool Instagram, I think you'll get in Artlist if you've got great music. I think it's tougher if you're over 50 and you look over 50. Just saying, that's my thought. I've still got more audacious goals. I've got more audacious goals this year. So hang in here with me. Let's see, I think I had another thing. Uh, Cole Smith, Cole, sorry, Cole Sloss said, what tracks made you the most over the years? Was there a track that didn't make you a lot but opened doors to other, another opportunity? Yeah, lots. Um, like over the years, I have had so many people send me an email because they heard a song that I did on somebody else's album that turned into a $15,000 project for another artist. As far as my songs, uh, sometimes you have to do, you have to pay to play a little bit. And I did, I had a jazz song back around 2011 that I didn't have to pay as much because he was a friend of mine uh, who was a radio promoter. But that song probably made six to $10,000 over time just from radio play and things like that back. And, and in, in the, that particular genre, which is contemporary jazz, that's still a radio genre right now, especially on Sirius Radio. And so you can still make money that way. But almost every track, dude, opens up another door for someone else to hear me. Um, a song that is on, I've had a song on Audio Jungle be used on a TV show before and get PRO money from it as well as getting the sale money from it. I've had uh, a company hear a song that they loved on Spotify 
and then call me and want to use the song and pay 30 grand to own the song. Um, I've had a lot of stuff happen like that. So absolutely, tracks happen in so many different ways. And this is why my audacious goals include 500 songs this year. The more songs, the more possible open doors. And if they're all non-exclusive, that lets me do whatever the heck I want with them. So uh, I while I want to put things in a lot of libraries and put them out to sync and do all these things, that's fine. But the problem is that those are then stuck there. I'm, I'm, I, they can't, I can't do anything else with them. I can direct people to them, I guess, but I can't really do any more with them. But thanks for that question. That was great. Uh, Talen says, hey, Eric, thanks for all the info. Love your channel. Please keep the videos coming. Well, okay, if you say so, I will. I was going to anyway. Uh, as far as this channel and 2024, I'm not, I don't really have that on my list. This list does not really include today, you know, money I make from this channel, which is not very much as far as what YouTube pays. I make way more than any kind of services that people have me do for them or courses that I've been selling. And that's something I'll keep doing. And streams is starting to be something that I teach over there. Uh, I would like to see a lot more, um, a lot more teaching here, a lot more teaching on streams, which is our teaching community. So you can go to streams. If you don't know about streams and you weren't here earlier, musicincomestreams.com. And that's where I teach. And that is where I want to, that's where I'm going to do the majority of my teaching, I think in 2024. Kind of a weekly class that you can come to. And it's a lot cheaper than anything else uh, as far as going to a school or something like that, even going to an online school. I think this will end up teaching you a lot more real fast. So come to streams. Come on in. The water, yeah, the water's fine. All right, so uh, let's move on here. I got a, a couple more uh, comments here. Uh, Ripstone says, do you think it's good to be on Pond5 exclusive for higher revenue? No, I don't. Um, I I. I I have, I do have an exclusive account at Audio Jungle along with a non-exclusive account. You can have both. If you can have both at Pond5, maybe. But again, I, you know, I've already said this year is the year of more non-exclusive catalog. I want everything non-exclusive so I can pitch to every library. That's how, that's the point of libraries like Pond5 is to have the ability to put it in Pond5 first, which I do because I use it as my my catalog, my database, and then immediately go to Motion Array, immediately go to Audio Jungle, immediately go to Song Trader, immediately go to every place else I can put it that might make me money with it on a monthly basis. So um, I think the trade-off between getting a few percentages more for exclusive versus all that you could get from Motion Array and other places, I'm not sure it's worth it. So Ripstones, I would say nay to that. Blue Sky says, audacious. Absolutely. Um, Cole says, how do you protect yourself from not copying a part of a song that has been made before? I don't, I don't think you can. I mean, uh, you just have to, you just have to, you know, that's, just make your songs. Just make songs. You know, I think we can get caught up in the minutiae. Oh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make sure, I want to make sure I don't step on anybody's toes. If somebody's toes get stepped on, they'll tell you. But there's so much music out there. You're telling me that uh, I'm not sure that there isn't anything that hasn't already been written. And if it hasn't been written, it's probably weird. So 
you know, we we got to be careful that uh, we 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 try. To, you can't get too far out there and make stuff nobody's ever heard before because that's tough. To, that's a tough sell. Uh, Pop presents. Hey, what is up? I'm glad I found your channel in my pivot back to music in 2023. I'm 2024. I'm building my music library for licensing. Cool. Thumbs up. I think it's inspiring that you still have audacious goals with your experience. Dude, you got to have goals. You know, I think this is one of the things that uh, I, I kind of found a few years ago that I was losing some of my, my verve, some of my like goals. I wasn't setting goals like I had been over the past 20 years. I, I was kind of like, well... I know I just want I just want to write music and enjoy it, and I I thought maybe some of my ambition was going away, and I think that there's a dish there's a difference between ambition, like I want to be I, my ambition is to be a big star or something like that. I don't know if I have ambition like that. I think I just have ambition. I don't have ambition. You know what I'm searching for is legacy. I want to make sure my legacy is left here. I want to have left my mark on this earth with my music in. That's why I put out over 100 songs onto Spotify this year and on my different channels. And why I wanna put out 500 songs next year is because I want all of the songs that are in me. There are hundreds, literally hundreds of songs I haven't written and haven't produced yet because I wrote them in times when I didn't have all the equipment that I have now and I didn't have all the sounds I have now. So uh, thank you. I, I, I I am inspired for 2024. That's why we are here doing this video right now. Blue Sky says, goals are to get my first sync dollar. I get that. My cohort for 30 years and collaborator has worked his way up in LA is getting a ton of works and briefs, so I'm coming off the bench. Nice. Yeah, that's a good way to start um, working with someone. Um, first dollar in sync. Um, it took me probably five years to get my first dollar in sync. But remember, I was a full-time producer before when I decided to make this move. So I was not focused on sync. I was focused on music producing, which, by the way, if it's not on my list of what I... I mean, I, I am producing, of course, all these tracks. But I'm talking about producing for other artists. I wasn't, I wasn't producing... Uh, or working on sync stuff. Um, I did it the very first of my career. I started when I first started working for a producer and, and was kind of a co-producer for him and took over his business. It was all what you would call sync or music advertising music and television music and stuff like that. And I, I was going down that road with that company. But then something happened called 9-11. And that, uh, that literally brought the advertising industry and, and really all industries to its knees for a while. But then uh, my other career took off for the next 20 years, which was Christian and gospel music um, artists and producing them. And that when, when people just keep knocking down your door to produce albums, it, it was a cool, it was a good, good living. Why, why change? And uh, I didn't even, I have, there weren't videos out in 2011 or 2012 about sync licensing, or at least I wasn't seeing them. But also I wasn't watching a lot of YouTube because I was producing albums all day long. And so that's all I was doing. But what I did to get my first sync dollars was I, I specifically had a plan like you do now, uh, Blue Skies. And, and my goal was to create some songs 
and some of them I had already created some, and lots I had already written and, and used the same people I was using in Nashville to create all of my music and then to find that first library. And when I did, uh, it was stuff that I had produced specifically for Sync and it got signed and, and then it got placements. So just being focused on a thing there's a saying I keep hearing over and over, and it's so true because it's just true. And that is whatever you focus on is what you will have you will have luck with. That's a terrible way of to say it. But whatever you focus on happens. Whatever you work on becomes that thing. G.R. Johnson, if you decide to play the keyboard and you work on it, it will happen. If you work on sync and you try to get your stuff out to sync libraries, it will happen. This is the way this works. And so... Yeah, keep working on that. Uh, Ripstone says, what's your Spotify name? Oh, there are so many Spotify names, Ripstones. There is, well, first of all, there's just my name, John Eric Copeland. That's that's where you'll find just about everything now because all through 2023, I, on any release, on any of my brands, I'm putting featuring John Eric Copeland. So whether it's my Positive Spin Songs brand, whether it's my, oh, that's one thing I want to talk about. We might as well talk about it now. I put out a, a new little thing today, but I put this out today. This is under my Master Score Music brand, and this is a new um, uh, little four-song thing. Uh, just like me, I put out Christmas music when Christmas is almost over, but uh, it's out there, and uh, this is Master Score is kind of like my orchestral brand, kind of uh, orchestral pop brand. But uh, I love to do a lot of Christmas music. And this is just one of th three Christmas little EPs that are coming out. There's another one coming out on Positive Spin, which is another one of my channels. And then Master Score Music, Positive Spin, Player A, which is my jazz uh, channel, and Quiet Soul Piano, which is my piano thing. There are so many. So uh, just, just, again, search for my name. And I think if you look here on this, you'll see... Um, John Eric Copeland is is part of that. If you go to John Eric Copeland, it, this is my classical one, but all the albums are down underneath here. So it'll show you all the albums and stuff that I've put out this year. You can really tell that I've been putting this year's stuff out there. And, and from now on, everything's going to be findable on Appears On. And so you can just go John Eric Copeland. And that's where you'll see just about everything. All right. Thanks for asking that question. Um, Chris Smith says, just started in early October and so far have one Pond 5 sale. That's cool. Good for you. I am hoping for more soon. Thanks for helping me to get started and inspiring me to do more with my music. Listen, we should all be doing stuff with our music. More, 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 more stuff. Get your music out there. Pond 5 is a great place to start. I've got a, I literally have videos and in my course, which is just $49. Happy Christmas. By the way, if you're interested in uh, stock music and, and places like Pond5, um, the stock market is on sale right now. Um, it's on a big sale. I mean, like big, big. Uh, I decided to go back to the very first price that I had just as a Christmas present for you. So if you're interested, you can get the whole course and the advanced version too, not just the course, but I have added bonus material. And you can get it for just $49. So you'll find that link in the description below. It's down there now. Go get yourself a course and, and, and start learning and getting yourself into 
the, the industry this year. Make 2024 the year you get into licensing and, and just doing more with your music than just letting it sit on your hard drive or be on an album that you put on Spotify. Do more and be like Chris and, and let's all be like Chris and get our stuff in there, doing more with your music, getting sales. That's awesome. And GR says, yes, I am determined to learn keys and I will. Yes, if you are determined to do something, you will do it. If you, if you will not, if you're determined and spend the time doing it, you will do it. The end. You know, when I do, th that's why I have a to-do list every day. I have to write down the things I want to get done and I try to go from one to the other and get it done. And that's the only way I'll be getting uh, that many songs done. Okay, so if I want to do 500 songs in 2024, that's my first audacious goal, and 25 albums to sync, in 2024, and I want to get two to three more exclusive libraries in 2024, and I want to work directly with sync agents, and I want to grow my music buyers list, which is sync agents would be one of those, music supervisors would be one of those, and uh, then advertising people and people who need music would be one of those, clients. If I want 60% of this 500 songs to be non-exclusive, what am I going to do with all those non-exclusive songs? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do with all those non-exclusive songs. First of all, I'm going to pile them into all the all the places, right? All the all the libraries and non-exclusive sites. I'm going to pile them all into there. But another thing I'm going to do that's a little bit different this year is I'm going to pile them into YouTube. And I don't just mean YouTube music, but I mean making music videos for each one, even if it's just a photo. Um, I'm starting to use, in Photoshop now, you can use some AI tools to make, you probably have used these already, to make some graphics. It's really kind of fun. It's, um, I think it's better than stock photos. I've gotten into some, I've gotten into some trouble with stock. I, I got a, a cease and desist letter on a, on a photo one time. And uh, I don't want to deal with that stuff. This is, you know, especially, I got it off a of stock library and I still got a letter. So... Um, right now I am, I am messing around with some, with some, some different kind of stuff. You can see that in the newest song that I did, that I just showed you. I, I think you have to get and pile stuff onto YouTube because YouTube is just such a great engine to be seen and found and heard. And so to me, that's one reason why I am doing this. I want to show you this. This is my new cover that I just did yesterday. Yesterday, yes, yesterday, and uh, it's called uh, "It Came Upon a Midnight Clear," and I did this in Photoshop, and all that you see, except for the font, is and and then just some some of my manipulation is from several different AI searches, generative fills, and things like that, and these are the kind of covers that I'm making now, and I think even with just using something like this as a still picture with the song playing. And these are usually very short songs. I think it's a good way to get your music out. YouTube is um, a way to to get people finding your songs. Uh, they they it's the second biggest search engine on the earth. And if you want to get stuff found and heard and seen, then I think putting them onto YouTube is a good idea. So I'll be doing that. And of course, I'm going to pile them into streaming. I'm going to put everything up on Spotify. Last year. Like I said, this year's goal in 2023 was put 100 songs or more up on 
streaming. And I've done that and uh, with libraries putting stuff up there and me putting stuff up there, I'm putting uh, at least 25 more up in, before the end of this month that I've just got sitting around that I've put on non-exclusive sites. They might as well be on streaming too. So when people ask me, like I was asking a moment ago, you know, where do I find you on Spotify? I can say here. And so they can go to John Eric Copeland and they can see all of my things on all my brands. So yeah, piling stuff into streaming. That's one of my audacious type of things. I want to I wanna try to get way more into streaming than I ever have. Maybe more, maybe 200 songs next year. Uh, maybe a lot more. Again, to me, this is all about just getting songs done. And yeah, like Blue Sky says, shedding. Uh, now he's talking about get in the shed, kid. No substitute for shedding. Shedding on your guitar, shedding on your keyboard, or as a composer, shedding on your composing, which is one of the things that we do kind of in our in our composing masterminds and stuff. We we push people to compose. We make ourselves compose. And uh, the best stuff I ever composed was during my master's degree when I had to compose every semester a, a, a piece or two. So, um, and sometimes a four a movement work I had to compose. And since then I haven't composed that, that much amazing music like that. I've got a new kind of classical piece coming out, but I don't have this, you know, and, and I'm trying to get the score done, but I had to have it done. I was made to do it. I was told to do it. I, it was assigned to me. And I think if we're not careful and we don't like assign ourselves ways to, to make how do I make 500 songs? I make, I shed every morning making two songs and uh, two songs a day, five days a week. That's, that's 500 songs a year. Ten, 10 songs a week, 52 weeks. It should be about 500 songs. So um, yeah, no substitute for shedding. Arco is back to India for Christmas break. Okay, good to see you, Arco. Tegra says, I'm trying to remind myself every day the, dis the day is going to pass regardless. I have to be determined to follow through with my goals. Time is your greatest adversary in life. Use it or lose it. Preach, can I get a thumbs up on that from everybody? Folks, that one right there, that's killing me. That one, that, that, that one right there, my friends, is, is, that is stabbing me in my heart. Time is my greatest adversary. There's most of you watching this are probably not as old as me. You have, you're probably sitting around, you're 25, Arco's, what, 19 or 20, and you guys are sitting around and you literally, you all have so much time. Time is your greatest adversary. You think you've got all the time in the world, but what you're doing is just pissing it away, watching too much reality television, watching, playing too many video games. And I love video games, but I'm telling you the past two years or three years since I've got into this stuff where people are actually using my music, that work that I'm doing, I can't do enough of it. It's more fun than playing NBA 2K. And I love 2K. And I would play for hours every night for hours. Uh, I would play NBA 2K instead of working, instead of doing things. And I, I, I'm all for doing different things. And listen, I go over to Disney all the time and I just walk around and I, I, I do stuff and I don't do music. Um, I do go play basketball and, and work out and that makes me not think of music. But folks, right now, 
is the time of your life to, to, to get the work done that you want. You're going to look back and go, why did I just mess around and only create four songs that year or 10 songs that year? I can create a lot more songs than that. So 500 songs may be a little much, but you, time is your adversary. So Tigrel, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Pop Presents says, I love the music theme you you compose at the end of your podcast, episode 90, The Jazzy Keys. Is that your main podcast theme? I hope. You know, here's what I do with my podcast. What I usually do is I try to treat the podcast a little differently than my videos. It may have some of the same or most of the same content as this video. So if I put this out on the podcast, which I usually do, because podcasts can be long. People don't care. But when I put the podcast out, what I do is I usually will re, I re, retake some of the beginning parts sometimes if I don't talk about the right things. Or uh, I will put some music in at the beginning and at the end and different things. And uh, yeah, I just like to, I like the podcast to be something different for people, a different experience for the podcast listeners that, that you're in your car. If I was in my car and I'm listening and somebody lets go and it's a cool song I like, I'm just going to let it play like a song. And, you know, it's, it's not just an outro. It's a, it's an actual, just like, it's an outro. And <clears throat> I want you to hear the rest of the song. Cause you know, uh, one of the reasons why I do want to put everything out onto YouTube, I do want to pile all the songs into streaming. I do want to put everything out into sheet music, which we haven't talked about yet. I want to put out all the songs into libraries. I want to put it out everywhere. It's because I want people to hear the stuff. I talk about it all the time. And um, I have another channel called Hello Composers where I'm starting to talk more about my own music and show me making music. Because I know all of you, all you hear is me talk about why you should make music and why you should make music income and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, that is important to me. And so sometimes I'll just throw something in, you know, and I'll just find something that kind of goes with my mood for that particular time and I'll bring it in. So that's what you heard. Blue Sky says, Ooh, I like this comment. I'm finding the early morning 5 a.m. writing tracking sessions are productive. Used to be a 2 a.m. guy, preach. Those quiet hours are crucial. Yes. And I used to say that 2 a.m. was was quiet. The problem with 2 a.m. is I am usually getting tired or more tired. Tireder? Yeah, I have a master's degree. I am usually getting more tired at 2 a.m. and or I'm watching a movie or I'm playing a video game. But at 5 a.m., no, I don't get up at 5 a.m. That that's that's just 5 a.m. is wrong, people. If you have to, if you get up before the sun, that's you might as well just uh no, I can't, I can't do that. I like to get up as God intended with the sun. Sun comes up. Sun's up, fun's up, you know, sun's up, Eric's up. And yeah, I have to agree from, I get up if my schedule is just perfect. And lately it's been getting a little bit better to this where I go to bed around 12 and I get up at seven. If I can get those seven hours, that's all I need. Get up at seven. I can, you know, drink my tea and look out into the abyss and see what I need to think about what I need to be doing today and all the different things I like to do. And have those hours in the morning, and I can get more done before noon, as far as musically especially. But even for clients, I can get so much done before noon that uh, I, I get a lot more done. And that's why I think I can get two songs done and, and, or, or moved along 
maybe I don't write two songs a day, but I am producing two songs a day and getting two songs produced and getting two songs ready to go out and that kind of thing. I agree. I am now also a morning person. Uh, Chris uh, says quad hours to get in the zone are worth more than gold. And yeah, I wish I had more too. I need another four hours, folks. If I could just have another four hours that I could just, like a, like a button you could push it and the world just stops and you say, okay, now I got four, except your computer. And you got four hours to get stuff done. No internet, maybe even, you know, just throwing that out. GR says, I'm old as dirt. Tigrail told me up, told up the truth. That's why of my determination to make stuff happen. I've got the time. I'm simply retired now. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not retired yet. And I, if I'm when I officially retire uh, or when I hit quote unquote retirement age, it won't be retirement in the fact that I'm just going to sit back and sit in a rocking chair. It'll be that I get to retire from some things. Like if I'm still doing client work and I'm still doing jobs that I have to do to bring in enough income to pay house bills, uh, what it's going to do is just pay house bills, basically. It's going to pay for the house and it's going to pay for the utilities. That's, that's what retirement does. But there is no retiring from music. Oh, no. No retiring from music, folks. We do music all our lives until the lights go off. And when the lights go off, then we're done. So we got to do it now. We have a legacy to set forth. We have music to put out there. You have music to put out there. You know you have music to put out there right now. Give me a thumbs up if you know that there is more music in you that you'll be able to than you'll be able to make in your life. And, and the problem is you keep writing more and there's all this stuff you haven't yet put out and you know it would be great if you could just get it made. But the time is just not there. There's there's jobs. There is so much. So give me a thumbs up if you know that because I know you know that. I know everybody in here knows that. Time is short. Everybody's got thumbs up about this. Everybody's got fist pumps. This is the thing. Blue Sky says, 30 years ago, was gigging constantly, shedding as much as possible, packing clubs, getting chased around by A&R people. It was fun. Got burnout ready for round two. Yeah, uh, you know, gigging was never my favorite thing, even though I did a thousand of them. Um, I guess when we're all younger, it's that one easy way to make sure people are hearing your music. You go out and you play. And the people who are there are captive. They can't get away. They have to hear you play. Uh, so yeah, been doing that before. Arco says, and then there's me who stays awake all night to complete my assignments. Uh, yeah, we used to do that too, Arco, when we were 19, please. How do you retire from music? Well, you don't need to worry about that right now, Arco. Uh, you don't. I just said you, you never retire from music. Y'all, have you seen John Williams, an interview with John Williams, the, the composer for Star Wars and Superman and all the Harry Potter movies and stuff? Dude is 91 and just finished the Indiana Jones 5 score. And he is sharp as attack. Sharp as attack at 91. If I could be that sharp at 81, I'd be happy. But if I could, I'm not sure if y'all know what I mean. Being older, this body does not great. I can't even run uh, full court games right now without pulling a, a hammy every time. That's just your. That's just this sack of bones and meat that's not great. But 
the question was, how do you retire from music? You don't have to retire from music. You never retire from music. Um, it's just, uh, you have so much more energy now. You have so much more time. You have time. I mean, Arco is going to school, so he doesn't have as much time as the rest of us. But uh, Arco says, it's like a piece of music you are never finished. You just surrender it. GR says, I'm retired from punching a clock for someone else. That happened in 2022. I'll never quit music. That That's a good point. Even at this school job, I have to punch a clock. And when I go over to the school to teach, I have to punch a clock. I haven't punched a clock since 1999. And actually, not even then. Probably in the mid-90s or early 90s was the last time I punched a clock. Clocked in and out of a job? What is this? Uh, you know, what am I doing? Like working at a toy store when I was, you know, 16 years old. Arco says, I am 23. Oh, I'm sorry. You're so old. I, I did not even see that. Uh, JMO says, you going to, are you going to Jesse's Sync Up Conference? I would love to. Jesse needs to have a sync conference on the East Coast. He's talking about it, though. He's talking about having one somewhere in Florida. I hope it's Orlando because there's a lot of us in Orlando. Dave Croft is here. I'm here. Adam is here. Um, there are, uh, there's a lot of people in, in this area. Uh, Clint is just up the road in Atlanta. So a lot of us YouTubers are here. Um, road rally. No, thank you. No, I'm not going that. <laughs> no, don't get me started. GR says huge respect to John Williams. Uh, love the darkness in the morning twilight. I like the sunrise when the sun's up. I'm good. Music is a seal is a calling. It's not a ceiling. There's no way to retire from it. Agreed. Um, Jared says, I realized I was too old. I was old as dirt too. I don't know what happened. Yeah, it just, it just happens. But I, I just, uh, that's another thing I'm going to probably push for 2024 is one of my audacious goals is get back to working out at least once a week, maybe twice a week at a gym with basketball, with swimming, with uh, cardio, just really getting back into it to just keep everything rolling. So this body stays strong and I can come home and make music all the time. So those are just some of the things. Let's go over them again. One thing I didn't talk about was piling music into sheet music and songs into sheet music. This is one of the things that, and this is not going to be for everybody, but for me as a piano player, I have tons of piano pieces. I have lots of um, classical pieces that have not been released out yet. I have a three movement work for two pianos that is, I think that is just going to be super popular with people who are looking for two movement piano pieces for recitals. I've got to get that up there. What am I waiting on? And it's just one of those things about time. I haven't had the time to really sit and put all of my sheet music up there and or make sheet music, which is a little time consuming, to be honest with you. But I've got to get all and pile those songs into the sheet music sites because they have been a thing that have made me some non-exclusive income from music this year. So got to get them up there. Very hard probably to do this one, especially this is the one that's hardest to do. But to me, this one is probably the most, one of the most important because I think I can make some real money there. But again, it takes tons of songs. That's why I keep going back to 500 songs. If I want to pile stuff into sheet music, I got to have a lot of songs. If I want to pile songs into streaming, I got to have a lot of songs. If I want to pile stuff into YouTube, I got to have a lot of songs. It takes a lot of songs. And so, 
Yeah, Ty Grill is right here. Determination is the key. And I'm determined. I think you can tell by this video that there is some determination here. Whoa, 500 songs just got huge. See, I think that's the Lord saying, you need to do these 500 songs this year. So I'm going to do it. Well, folks, also what I'm going to do is go get lunch with a good friend of mine, an upright bass player here in town today. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm going to sign off now, and uh, I just appreciate everybody. And we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>